You're listening to a word from the Lord, the podcast. My name is Pastor Michael E. Tong, and I serve as the senior pastor of the Bethlehem Baptist Church right here in Paul's Valley, Oklahoma. And I'm also a co-founder of a word from the Lord, Inc. And when you get an opportunity, I would love for you to visit our website at awftl with Dr. Michael and Kimberly Eton.org. AWF is uh, the initials for Word from the Lord, with spelled out, Dr. Michael and Kimberly Eton.org. And you can get to know our ministry and our vision. And in short, our vision is to share the Word of God with as many people as we can, and in many ways as we can, in Jesus' name. So if you'd like to support our ministry, after you listen to the message, God use uh, this message to touch and reach you in such a way that you would like to give. Uh, visit that website, AWFTL, with Dr. Michael McKimbleEton.org or call 1-855-510-1397. To announce that we will begin broadcasting on the first Sunday in June of 2023 on the Now Television Network. It's the second largest African-American television network. And it also is a satellite uh, also. And we're going to be broadcasting uh, throughout Europe. Uh, we heard in London, Paris, throughout that corridor, as well as all over Africa. So we are excited about joining the team at the Now Television Network. We're calling all of our prayer warriors to begin to intercede on behalf of the television program that God would use it in mighty and awesome ways to impact the body of Christ not only in America we'll be heard in America but all around the world so we want to thank you in advance for praying we're going to take you to the Bethlehem Baptist Church it is Sunday December the 24th 2023 I'm sharing a message entitled, Jesus, a Unlikely Savior. We're going to be looking at Luke chapter 2, verses 6 through 11. Luke chapter 2, 6 through 11. And now, without any further ado, let's get into the Word. Amen. And praise the Lord. Amen. And praise the Lord. One announcement before we get into the word this morning. Uh, next Sunday at 10 p.m., we will be bringing in the new year. Amen. And we're going to be in worship with the Ecclesia Church. And it's going to start at 10 p.m. And we are excited to bring in another year. Amen. 2024, how many of you, when you were growing up, ever thought that you would be living in the year of 2024? Mm. So we are praising God uh, on that night, even as we're praising God today as we celebrate Christmas. Amen. Amen. Yeah. Amen. We're continuing Amen. in uh, the series, the unlikely series, and this whole month, we have been learning from the Christmas story about how God uses unlikely people to manifest the yeah. greatest love story of all. Yes, Lord. He used so many unlikely people, and, 
in order for him to do that, he had to manifest miracles. All right. And many people believe that miracles can happen at Christmas time. Well, miracles did happen. And we shared uh, some of the stories about John the Baptist's parents, Zechariah and Elizabeth, who was old. And God used them uh, to bring birth to John the Baptizer, um, the forerunner of Christ. And he had to do that because... The Old Testament said that the Messiah, that there would be one who would come before the Messiah who would be likened unto Elijah. Elijah. And um, so God is really dotting I's and crossing T's when he shares this story. And uh, he tells us about Mary and then John's birth and um, we learned a little more about Joseph this week mm -hmm. right. and uh, a little bit in Sunday school. And then mm -hmm. we continue to go down to today. Jesus, the unlikely savior, Jesus, the unlikely savior. We're going to read this morning in your hearing Luke chapter two, verses six through 11. Would you please stand in reverence to the word of God? Stand symbolically saying that I will stand on the word of God yeah, in Jesus name. Let's read this together out loud. It's two slides on three. One, two, three. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born. And she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger because there was no guest room available for them. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them. And they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today, in the town of Bethlehem, they say to him, Lord, to you, he is the Messiah, the Lord. Amen. You may be seated in the household of the Lord. We're going to talk on around three points as the Holy Spirit gives us utterance. We're going to talk about the time of the Savior. We're going to talk about the towel of the Savior. We're going to talk about the telling of the Savior. And we want Christians to know today that Christians should perpetually take the time to tell about the Savior. Yes, Lord. Let me say that Amen. again. Christians yes. should perpetually, not just Christmas time, right. not just Easter, but we should perpetually take time to tell about the Savior. We're going to look at this brief video and then we'll get into the word. You know the story. Mary gave birth to Jesus and laid him in a manger. Luke 2.7 tells us what happened. And she gave birth to her firstborn son, and wrapped him in swaddling cloths, and laid him in a manger, because there was no place for them in the inn. It's the traditional story behind Christmas, and for many, it brings to mind a heartwarming scene. But if you think about it, a manger is not a normal place for a baby to be born. So why was Jesus born in a manger? Before we answer this question, we need to get something straight. 
The inn, where Joseph and Mary were going to stay, wasn't really an inn, like some kind of motel. It was a guest room in someone's house, maybe belonging to one of Joseph's relatives, since he had to return to Bethlehem, his hometown, to register for a worldwide census. And when Joseph and Mary arrived in Bethlehem after an exhausting 90-mile journey on foot, they were denied a room at the door of this house. It wasn't because there was no space for them in the room. It was because there was no opportunity given to them to get a room. Mary and Joseph were not wanted because Mary and Joseph were not yet married, but Mary was pregnant with Jesus. Disowned and humiliated, they were forced to spend their days with the filthy farm animals of the house. And that's when Mary gave birth to Jesus and laid him in a stone manger. A manger is a far cry from a baby's crib. It's an animal's feeding trough. And as adorable as Christmas makes that sound, there was nothing cute about it. It was gross and despicable. It would have been Mary's darkest hour, the worst moment of her life. This is the real ambiance of Christmas, filth and shame. But as strange as it sounds, we find Mary not crying, but rather savoring this moment. Luke 2.19 says, But Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. She didn't try to forget this awful day. She actually wanted to remember it for the rest of her life, because she saw something we all need to see. Why was Jesus born into a filthy, shameful manger? He was born into this kind of suffering to one day end it. Praise the Lord. This morning we're talking about an unlikely Savior, an unlikely Savior. And we're going to look at it on the map once again. It's the video talked about. Um, Nazareth was up here in Galilee. We talked about Caesar Augustus' uh, census that required Joseph to go back to his hometown of Bethlehem. And the video said that it was 90 miles away. As we studied the life of Jesus and the disciples as they went from Galilee uh, down to Jerusalem, it was said that it took it would take four uh, four days for grown men to make this journey. Mm -hmm. So, uh, a pregnant wife and Joseph would uh, start out in Nazareth, and as they always said uh, in history, uh, that the Jews uh, would not go through Samaria. Because of their prejudice and hatred, it was said, uh, because they were a half-breed uh, people, um, they wouldn't go through Samaria, which was a straighter shot. They would go around here and cross the Jordan and come all the way down and cross back up around Jericho and come through, uh, uh, come to Jerusalem, and they would go on down. Joseph would go on down to Bethlehem. And Bethlehem, we have to remember, is a real place. Amen. As a matter of fact, if you have been watching the news, uh, it's a solemn place today. 
As a matter of fact, there is a church um, that has Jesus not in the manger, but in the rubble. Uh, because of what's going on there in the Gaza Strip, they said that 20,000 people have been killed um, by Israel. All because Hamas kidnapped a hundred or so people. And we are and should be decrying the actions of both. Because two wrongs don't make a right. Uh, we as Christians uh, should be praying for peace in Jerusalem. Oh yes, amen. Um, and we're always concerned about that place called Jerusalem. Mm -hmm. And as our Sunday school teacher talked about, many times we believe that uh, it's the end of the world when this kind of destruction is happening. Um, um, but we neither know or nobody knows That's right. <clears throat> um, the place nor, nor the time that Jesus will come back again. Mm -hmm. But we do know the time in our text today, and the time in our text today is that the time came for the baby to be born. Right. Yes, sir. The time came um, for the baby to be born, and what they're uh, portraying out of protest, Jesus in the rubble was. And no celebration, and by the way, usually there are thousands of people there around this time celebrating the Christmas season there in Bethlehem. And they think that, um, that they're teaching a lesson, but they're teaching a lesson they probably don't know that they're teaching because it was more like the time today in Bethlehem when Jesus was born. Well... Hello, somebody. He wasn't born in the rubble, but he was born in the manger. Mm -hmm. Hello, somebody. Right. Um, and, and, and he was uh, born and placed in, in what we would call a trough. Um, that place where you feed uh, old animals. Mm -hmm. um, has anybody ever been on the farm uh, you know that that kind of place is not a good place to, to spend much time in it because it smells. Hello, somebody. Yeah. It's a very smelly place. Can you imagine being a young or oh, a young girl being pregnant and, and, and having to be out there? But it was time. See, it's never most Christians like to wait for the right time to step out in faith. They like to wait for the right time to move them uh, for God. But if you allow the circumstances around you to determine whether or not it's time, uh, oh, then most of the time you won't do anything because it's never time. Uh, oh, as far as the devil sees, for the program of God to go forth. But it was time. 
Oh, if it was me, oh, uh, uh, Jesus would have been born probably over there in Rome in the best hospitals. Uh, oh, but uh, they were in Bethlehem and it was time. And God is saying for somebody right now that's been waiting on the will of God and you've been looking for a sign. Uh, oh, guess what? That baby born, oh, by a virgin was what? Was a sign. It was a sign that God's program will go forward in Jesus' name. You don't ever have to wait for the right time. You got to wait for the right God. And if you have the right God, and if he's leading you, regardless of what the circumstances look like, you got to step out in faith in time. Oh, if you don't believe me, ask so, brother. Oh, uh, Joshua. God said it was time for them to go and take over the land. Oh, but look at what's going on. Wait a minute, God. It's time. Don't you know that there are fortified cities in the land? It's time. Don't you know that Goliath's relatives are living in the land? And you're saying it's time? You're saying that we can have a land that uh, other people are living on in houses? That other people that are uh, being, well, surely, Lord, we have to wait till the houses go into foreclosure before we can go and take hello, somebody. Surely, Lord, we have to wait, oh, for the giants to die out before it's time. But you got to realize, oh, you don't have to have the right time. You just have to have the right God. Hello, somebody. If it would have been me, I would have said it's not time for Jesus to be born. Not in a manger, but God said it was time. And God is speaking to somebody today and letting you know what you've been holding out on God for or about that step of faith that he wants you to take. It's time. Hello, somebody. Uh, you're here. It's called a Kairos moment. It's time. And it was time. And guess what? Jesus was coming. Hello, somebody. And nobody could stop it. Hello, somebody. Jesus was coming. And the circumstance was not going to stop it. It was time. What time is it for you? As one of my favorite Ah, R&B groups back in the day, the time. Hello, somebody. It's always asked, what time is it? Hello, somebody. And God is saying, it's time. Stop looking at the circumstances. Stop being intimidated by the situation. It's time for you to step out in faith in Jesus' name. All right. Yes, yes sir. Amen. You want to take that for Christmas? I will. Hello, somebody. <laughs> Say, Merry Christmas. It's time. God says, I'll give you the world if you step out. It's time. Guess what Pastor Eton got this morning? God gave me the world. Hello, somebody. God says, I can give you the world. You think you've got to be a member of a 50,000 member church for God to move on your behalf. You think your pastor needs to be on television and have best-selling books. Oh, no. All you need is the right God. Hello, somebody. And he determines the right place. 
right. Hello, somebody. We've got to be like Jesus. I must work the works of him that sent me uh, while it is day. It's time. It's time while it is day. The night cometh when no man can work. It's time. Don't you know you're running out of time? Yeah. The devil is robbing your oh, promises of God. He's robbing your calling because you think you have enough time. Hello, somebody. Looking at a funeral yesterday of a 96-year-old person. And the preacher, who was about 86, said 96 was young. <laughs> I, 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 I probably wouldn't have understood what he had to say when I was 19 or 20. But as a middle-aged man who knows that the average black man at one time lives 78 years. Hello, somebody. And I'm 56. Hello, somebody. Oh, it tells me what? I'm running out of time. Right, right. Hello, somebody. It tells me that I must work the work of him that sent me while it is day. For the night is coming. Guess what? We won't live forever on this side. And we must be about our father's business. Are you about your father's business? Stop allowing the devil to rob you of time. Yeah. Hello, somebody. Rob you of time. I can't waste time. It's time. In Jesus' name. Not only the time, but, you know, you want to make the most of time, you got to come to terms with the towel. It says that, and she gave birth to him, a son, and she wrapped him and caused and placed him in a manger. Some uh, Bible verses says swaddling clothes. But theologians tell us that the kind of cloths that he was wrapped in were dead man clothes. Hello, somebody. Dead man cloths. Um, you, you, you know in history you've seen how the Egyptians into which the, uh, the Israelites spent some time over there in Egypt, you, you know that uh, we know uh, and talk about the mummies, that's the swaddling. They said that, that Jesus was born and they used those same kind of cloth oh, to swaddle him in and guess what? He was born to die. Let me say that again. He was born to die. And had he forgot about oh, what he was born to do, he would have never fulfilled God's promises on his life. God gave him the power over life and death, over devils and the grave. And when it came for time for him to die, oh, in the Garden of Gethsemane, he wrestled with God. Oh, and he wrestled and said, Lord, I wish that I that would take this cup away, but what? Nevertheless, not my will, but thy will be done. Had he lost that battle? Yeah. None of us would be saved today. Mm. Had he forgotten what he was swaddled in. Mm -hmm. 
And that's what happened to Christians. Don't you know when you were, when you gave your life to Jesus Christ, oh, the new birth that you have in him, you were washed white, or you were placed in swaddling clothes. You were placed in the swaddling clothes that meant that you no longer live for yourself. You die to yourself. You die to your own will and your own ways. Oh, and God is the one who determines how you live your life or on this side and the next because you've been all bought with that price and, and wrapped in swaddling clothes. It's no longer you that lives. Right. People ask me, how did I get to Paul's Valley, Oklahoma? I got to Paul's Valley, Oklahoma because I was wrapped in swaddling clothes. I had to die to my own self. Die oh, to loving my own hometown. Die to loving my own home church. Die oh, so that God may live in me. Oh, and I keep those clothes on. And remember, it's not my will, but thy will be done in Jesus. Jesus' name. Is there anybody here wrapped in swaddling clothes? Woo. Is there anybody here that's truly lost their life to Christ? See, if you watch wrapped in those kind of clothes, you also know how to take up the towel. To which John 13 talks about that towel. Can you imagine being the creator of the universe itself? And when a servant girl should have been washing our feet because our feet got dirty, because if you know that terrain is sandy kind of a land. If anybody know me, they know I just cannot stand for sand to be on my feet. As a matter of fact, I, I would have the audacity to go to the beach with socks on. Because <laughs> I just, I just, yeah, you'll be embarrassed. Yeah, you'll be embarrassed. <laughs> Me and a lot of old, old other brothers do that. <laughs> you'll be embarrassed. But I can't stand to have sand between my toes. Hello, somebody. They were there to have a meal, and their feet were dirty, and everybody else didn't want to take that towel. Hello, somebody. Everybody else didn't want to serve. Have you ever, I don't mean to meddle, but have you ever been to a family gathering, and everybody wants to just live it up, and nobody want to do the dishes, nobody want to take out the trash? Hello, somebody. Uh, they think that it's just going to automatically just disappear by osmosis. More people, more stuff like that got to be done. But they up in there, oh, just living it up in the muck, in the mire. Hello, somebody. Somebody got to take the time. That's what I used to do. I, I, I take out the trash at the family reunions. I, that's, I, I do because somebody got to do it. Everybody wants to be somebody but a servant of God. Mm -hmm. Ooh. 
Every Christian want to be on the VIP list, but don't you know the towel is the VIP list? Uh, yeah. Don't you know you need to take up the towel and do the practical things in the body of Christ that need to be done to accomplish his will for your life? It was very practical that, oh, we needed, oh, a sacrifice. And Jesus, even from birth, took the towel. Hello, somebody. And left us an example of what to do. It's our job to serve him. That's what Christmas is all about. That's what your salvation is all about. She was a call to contour church, and I've used this illustration many times. I've been back in the, I believe, in the 90s. Someone would have answered the phone and said, save to serve. How may I help you? Save to serve. Don't you know you're saved to serve? Yes, sir. Hello, somebody. So it's time. It's time for us to pick up the towel. Because we must work the work of him that sent us while it is day. For night comes when no one can rest. Jesus was an unlikely savior because all that God had to do to accomplish the will, he was an unlikely servant, but he was really more a likely servant because, like I said, God was crossing every I and T to prove that he was who he said he was. He was the Messiah. Right. And perhaps turmoil in the Middle East today is Still because they rejected the Savior. They're still looking for a Messiah. They rejected the Savior. That's why that temple that they mourn over, the walls, the crumbling walls where they stick prayers in, has never been rebuilt because, oh, they rejected him. Right. Hello, somebody. Ever the people of God rejected him, it's always been turmoil. As a matter of fact, that land that they wouldn't walk through in Samaria was because there was a distant land that came and conquered them, and they had babies. But this Sunday, this Christmas, this holiday. It's all about telling of the Savior. All right. yes, sir. <laughs> Amen. The most powerful thing that we can do as Christians mm-hmm. is to tell people about the Savior. And the most unlikely thing that we will do is tell people about the Savior. We talk about everything else. Hello, somebody. Longhorn fans are talking about it. We got to the playoffs for the first time in umpteen years. Dallas Cowboys fans are talking about, uh, oh, we got to go down to Miami and we got to beat them, boys. I hope we can do it. Other people are talking about Oh, that was some bad banana pudding. 
<laughs> you know, everybody can't make banana pudding. <laughs> we talk about stuff that, 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 that are close to us that we can relate to. We talk about, oh, and a lot of times we just talk about gossip. Cardi B and uh, broke up with her boyfriend. I don't know who her boyfriend was, yeah, but anyway. <laughs> Just talk about stuff. Oh, I know about Will and Jada. Uh, they done broke up. They say. That's old news. That's old news? That's how much I know. <laughs> but we talk about self, but we don't talk about the Savior. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. He is the Messiah. And if you want to be saved, you've got to give your life to Jesus Christ. That is the story that we need to tweet about. That is the story that we need to post. That is the story we need to put on Instagram and pray we get likes and loves of it. Hello, that is the story that we need to tell the whole world, the lost and dying world, in a world that seems like that there is no hope because of the wars in the Middle East and the wars in Russia. Oh, because of everything, that global warming and everything else that are going on, people are shooting in, oh, in the malls. All of this stuff, all of these shootings, there's so many horrible things that are going on and God said, I'm going to give you one message. And the message literally means, the gospel means what? Good news. Have you ever noticed how bad news travel quicker than good news? Oh, yeah. Mm. Hello, somebody. Bad news travel quick. And I used to think before I, I started to work around adults, uh, adult men, I used to think men don't gossip. Boy, them boy, them bad boogers would gossip. <laughs> but nobody was telling about Jesus. Hello, somebody. Christmas for us really is every day. All right, amen. Tell about the Savior. Tell about the Savior. Yes, sir. Change the world if we learn to perpetually take time to tell about the Savior. Yeah. Let me say that again. We could change the world. Mm-hmm. We could change our church. And parenthetically tell, as the young folk used to say, everybody. Mm-hmm. In other words, just don't just tell folk that look like you. All right. Mm-hmm. Let me say that again. Don't just tell folk who look like you. Don't you know when the people of God got filled with the Holy Spirit of God and began to speak in tongues or languages uh, that every, oh, every people group that were there heard about Jesus in their own language? Uh, A spirit-filled church is a multicultural church. Mm. Let me say that again. Well, all right. saying that to a church that is historically mm-hmm. yeah. African American. <clears throat> all right. Mm. And I know the history. Mm-hmm. 
I know many times the, our churches was born out of not being accepted in the other church. And this was the only place that we could come and feel like somebody and be somebody. Hello, somebody. I know the role that the black church played in our community for years. It's a marvelous history. But I also know what the word of God says. Yes, sir. In the Bible, you will not see a black church, a white church, a Hispanic church, a Chinese church, a Latin church. Hello, somebody. Yeah, all right. That's right. See, the church. Woo, that's deep. The church. It's our job just to go and tell anybody who will listen. Yeah. Hello, somebody. Go tell anybody who will listen at Walmart. Go tell our Hispanic folk. Now you really mad. Because for some reason, brown and black many times don't get along. But let me tell you, America's going to have to deal with that. <laughs> Hello, somebody. Right. Because the fastest growing population oh, yes. oh, in America and in Paul's Valley, right. Oklahoma. Right. Woo! We better learn to speak Latino. <laughs> Hello, somebody. I'm late English. Uh, I, I need to learn something. I don't even know how to. I know more French than. Parlez-vous français? What's your pas français? Preacher, you better learn Spanish! Hello, somebody. <laughs> I was in. Uh, where were we at? Uh, one of them islands. Uh, what island was it? Uh, Punta Cana, I think it's Punta Cana. And you know, it was just a beautiful place, beautiful, lovely place, the most beautiful place I've ever been to. But one thing got on my nerve in Punta Cana. I said, what, what was it, preacher, that got on your nerve? Is they spoke Spanish unapologetically. They weren't trying to meet me on my level. Like, where is the bathroom? <laughs> the bathroom, where is the bathroom? Got to go to the... <laughs> if you wanted to get anything done there, you better, you had to learn. Hello, somebody. That's going to be America in a few years. Woo-wee. But that's okay because the Spirit of God speaks to all people, groups, to all generations. It's just our job to go and tell. In Jesus' name, be open to God moving in ways that he's never moved before because this whole Christmas story is about how he moved like he never moved before. A virgin will give birth to a child. He would work in a way that he never worked before nor after. God says, I want to do some stuff in the life of Bethlehem that has never been.
all, and it may not never be done again. But are you open to the move of God? All right. If so, go out and tell everybody about Jesus. Hello, somebody. Tell his story from Bethlehem. You know, I just love this text. I love Christmas because I pastor at Bethlehem. I told you at the beginning of the sermon that Bethlehem is a real place. And in Bethlehem today, there is no celebration. There's no thousands of people. Oh, they have Jesus in the rubble in Bethlehem today. But Bethlehem was similar to that all back then because they had to be in a manger. But God was doing something tremendous and something miraculous. Bethlehem, Ephrathah, who are small amongst the clan. I told you all oh, that uh, American Christians uh, despise the small things. Uh, but God says uh, I can work uh, amongst the small. I can work uh, amongst a few. Wherever two or three are gathered together in my name that I am in the midst. Uh, and if that your theology is anything else, uh, you don't know the God that you serve. Oh, God can start in the small places with the small place. And he says, out of Bethlehem, what? You will come forth to me, one of ruler over all Israel. God wants to use all that small place and call folk up out of the small place in Jesus' name. Don't despise or despise today of small things, of small beginnings. Because God is at work. It said, one whom origins, who is of all. That's what Jesus was. He was God. His origin was of all. And his days were eternal. He was eternal before he was born of a virgin. He was eternal. He was God himself. Oh, when God said in the creation, let there be, it was Jesus who be. Hello, <laughs> Bad English, but good theology. Yeah. He came and he was born yes. in Bethlehem, yes. in a manger. Mm-hmm. Talking about small places mm-hmm. in a manger. But from that event, most people would say, oh, well, they, that church there is, that church ain't. A silk stocking church, they just got three members. <laughs> they don't even have a temple. He- hello, somebody. But God used that situation that seemed so sad on the outside. And it would change the world. Somebody's in a situation right now that seems so bad from the outside. But God is saying that I'm working and I'm moving in mighty ways in your life. Hold on to see what the end's going to be. I said, hold on to see what the end's going to be. I'm about to, to blow your mind. I'm about to do exceedingly above anything you ask think or can imagine. In Jesus' name. Jesus' name. Give God a hand clap of praise. I'm out of time. I'm out of time. All eyes closed, heads about, saints of prayer. The reason why we say we open the doors of the church is because, hey, that's what we're supposed to do. That's what we're supposed to be about. 
And we can't let this opportunity pass us by because somebody may be here who do not know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. And I've said it many times throughout the sermon that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. And if you're here today and you don't ever remember giving your life to Jesus Christ, we want you to come forward and we want to lead you in what I call the saints prayer. All you have to do is pray a simple prayer. Dear Lord Jesus, I do believe that you were God's only son. I believe that you died for my sins and was buried and raised again on the third day so that today I may be saved. I give up my life and I wrap my life in swaddling clothes. Oh, and I give my will over to you. It's not my will now. It's thy will now. Take me to the places you want me to go. Enable me to do the things that you would have me to do. For now, I must work the work of him that sent me. Because it's day, it's time in Jesus' name. Is there one today who would give their life to Jesus Christ? Slip out of your seat right now and we will lead you in this prayer. Is there one today? Is there one? Is there one? I know I'm out of time, but can I just take a few brief more moments? Is there one today? I'm not asking you if you have church membership. I'm not asking you about your mother and your daddy. I'm not even asking, have you been baptized? I'm asking you, have you given your life to Jesus Christ? If not, come down right now in Jesus' name. Is there one today? Oh, what a way to celebrate. Now, that would be a real gift. I got some great gifts today, but uh, that gift would be the greatest gift that we as a church can receive. Is there one today? Also, there are other decisions you can make today. Is How about being baptized? Maybe you have accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, but you haven't been baptized. Hey, we would love to lead you in the first step of obedience, which is baptism. If you can't obey the first step of obedience, then I would uh, challenge you, as Paul challenged the church, you better check yourself to make sure you are in the faith. Somebody here today may need uh, a church home. You've been coming and God has been working through the life of the Bethlehem Baptist Church and you keep coming back, but you've never made a commitment all oh, to become a member of the body of Christ right here at the Bethlehem Baptist Church. You can come today right now as well. We would love to have you. There's plenty of room in the family. Some may need prayer. Jesus said that my house shall be called a house of prayer. Is there one today that said, preacher, I'm going through so much. I, I just need you to pray for me. I know it's the holiday season and sadly this is the time when suicide is its highest. Depression. Now some people are going into the holiday for the first time because they lost their mate, they lost their child, they lost someone that they love and there's somebody coming to the holiday. It's 20 years later and you're still looking for mama. You're still, and it's burning you down. 
We can pray for you today if you need prayer. Rededication. Say, I heard what you said. I, I've been, I thought I was a Christian, but I didn't have any swaddling clothes. I didn't have any dead man clothes. And today I want to put on the right clothes. I want to rededicate my life to Jesus Christ. Is there one? Accept the call to preach. I said that we're running out of time. There's going to come a time when we can't preach no more. All right. And God has called you to preach and you just has resisted him. Any service in the household of the Lord that you are resisting, it's time for you to do it because we must work the work of him who sent us while it is day. The night comes when no one can work. Hey man, and praise the Lord, you can make these decisions after the service. Come to me and let me know. Would you please stand as we enter into... Oh, I just love my Savior's birth. We're going to celebrate that tomorrow. I'm so excited. I was so excited to come today. I said, Lord, at, at about 4 o'clock, I said, Lord, I can't be this excited because I won't go back to sleep. Let's be excited about Jesus and Amen. go and tell. Yes, go and tell. Shall we pray? Father God, we thank you, we praise you, we glorify your holy name. Yes. You're truly worthy to be praised. We thank you, Lord, for Jesus. We thank you, Lord, for soul salvation. We thank you, Lord, for answered prayer. And we pray, Lord, as we leave today, put us a fire. Fill us by the power of your Holy Spirit that we may speak to others about Jesus Christ, that others may be saved. Celebrate our soul salvation. Put your hedge of protection around us. Keep us safe from our harm and danger until we meet again. And the people of God said, oh. Praise the Lord, saints. You know, as we uh, get ready to celebrate, you're listening birthday, to every day is uh, a day of Word from the Lord, the, Lord, the podcast. Again, my name is Pastor Michael E. Tan. And before we leave today's program, we want to take this opportunity to let you know the greatest story honor. ever told. And so the Bible says, God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believes in perish. And but he have is in our everlasting lives right now. Life. He is ever present with us. You so we're going to ask you to time. turn to page 92 well, you in your books. That prayer and we're going to sing these songs and we're going to sing them with joy in our hearts heart because he is heart. worthy of the joy and the praise. Yes. 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 Again on the third day. Joy to the world the Lord is after Praise Glory to the earth, Jesus, the Savior.
made that prayer for the first time. Anywhere near Falls Valley, Baptist Church. If you are not in a church home, no, that's your Holy Spirit, which was We want to thank you yes, for listening today. May God bless you and keep you. Yes, my Yes, Father. I'm so glad. It don't have to be Christmas. Yes, Lord. Every day, Heavenly Father. Yes, the joy that you that you've given us, Lord. The world cannot take it away. Yes, Lord. Lord, I'm so glad it's not based on circumstances. Yes, Father. Bad things happen in this world and happen to us, each one of us that are here, dear God. But Lord, you you are a great God. Yes, Lord. Loving God. Loving God. And Lord, you're with us always through every situation that we face. Yes, Father. So we owe you so much, dear God. Yes, we do. We're here, Lord, to celebrate and praise your name. Yes, Father. Jesus' name, Father. Yes. I'm in a crowd sometimes that owe you and and they they love to say boomer and zoomer. Yes, Lord. There's one that's yes. so much greater than yes, us. Lord. We've got Jesus, so many more man. reasons yes. to praise yes, your name for what Lord. you have done. Jesus, Lord, Lord. Lord. let yes. the Lord say so. so. Yes, Not only today, Lord. But every day of our lives. Yes, Lord. Lord. And Lord, Jesus, we want to go tell it. We want to yes, go tell it on the We want to tell people, Lord. But it's not, it's not just about the little bitty baby that was born in a manger. Yes, but you're king of kings. You're lord of lords, Heavenly yes, Father. Yes. But you, 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 Heavenly Father, on the right side of your father. Yes, Lord. Dear God. And, and Heavenly Father, you love us right now. Right now. You? Not, yes, your, you, It's your desire that all men would be saved. Yes, Lord. Because Jesus you are the hope of the world. Yes, Lord. Father, we're here today. Jesus. To worship you in spirit yes. and in truth. We have, there, there are those that are sick, yes, Lord, the, the, our loved ones, the yes. people that we know, dear God. We lift them up to yes. you, dear God. But, Lord, we know that all things all are working together for the yes. people. Yes, Lord. 
For those that love God and are called according Good to their purpose. Yes. So yes. our focus today, Heavenly Father, and as we go throughout this life, is to fulfill your purpose yes. in our lives. Yes. Your will be done. Your will be done. the word that we're here today. Yes. Lord, yes. Help us to hide it in our hearts that we will not yes. say yes. In the Jesus. name of Jesus. Name of Jesus. Amen. 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 Praise the Lord. I hope you have uh, got something from us. The uh, prophecy scriptures Advent. Uh, today we're going to be reading uh, together, day 18 through 25. Let me offer a challenge to you. Every one of these scriptures were fulfilled in the, in the New Testament. So if, if if you kept these sheets, it'd be a good Bible study for you. Yes. where it was fulfilled in the New Testament. But every one of these were fulfilled. Yes, Amen. yes. So let's, uh, let's see what 18 to 25 has to tell us from these various prophecies about our Lord and Savior. Because you know what? He's coming back again. He's coming back. And uh, I'll, as, as you know, you I'll read the light print. You'll read the print that's in bold. You don't have to call the scripture or the title that's ahead of it. It's just to let you know what it's all about. It's, because it's something that you can keep. But he was wounded for our transgression. Yes. He was crushed for our iniquities. Upon him was the chastisement that brought us peace. And with his stripes, we are healed. And they made his grave with the wicked and with the rich man in his death. Although he had done no violence, and there was no deceit in his mouth. Therefore my heart is glad, and my whole being rejoices. My flesh also dwells secure, for you will not abandon my soul to Sheol, or let your Holy One see corruption. Oh, the days are coming, declares the Lord, when I raise up to David a righteous branch, and he, he shall reign as king and deal wisely, wisely and shall, shall execute justice and righteousness in the land. In his days, Judah will be saved, and Israel will dwell securely. And this is the name by which he will be called. The Lord is our righteousness. You ascended on high, leading a host of captives in your train and receiving gifts among men even among the rebellious, that the Lord God may dwell there. I thank you that you have answered me and have become my salvation. The stone that the builders rejected has become my salvation. The stone that the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. This is the Lord's doing. It is marvelous in our eyes. Of the increase of his government and of Peace. There will be no end on the throne of David and over his kingdom to establish it and uphold it with justice and with righteousness from this time forth and forevermore. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will do this. Together, and the angel answered her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be called holy. The, the Son of God, God and behold your relative Elizabeth in her old age has also conceived a son, 
And this is the sixth month with her who was called there. For nothing will be impossible with God. Amen. Praise God. Praise the Lord. Nothing.
out a hand and clap Amen. the praise Amen. in this place. It is indeed an honor to be in the household of the Lord once again on uh, one of my favorite Sundays of the year. We celebrate the birth of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. I, I love uh, this time of year. Amen. Amen. God gave uh, his gift. Now it's time for us to give our gifts. Amen. Amen. Yes, sir. It's time for our offering. Praise the Lord. Oh, we can do better than that. It's time for our offering. Praise the Lord. Our giving determines what? Our living. Our living. Let's continue to worship God in giving. Amen. 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 Please, everyone, stand, face the window, start from the back, please. As you're coming, there's a watch and bracelet that someone left. Is that Maples? Okay. Praise the Lord. Before we get into the word this morning, uh, next Sunday at 10 p.m., we will be bringing in the new year. Amen. And we're going to be in worship with the Ecclesia Church, and it's going to start at 10 p.m., and we are excited to bring in another year. Amen. 2024. How many of you, when you were growing up, ever thought? that you would be living in the year of 2024. Mm. So we are praising God uh, on that night, even as we're praising God today as we celebrate Christmas. Amen. Amen. Yeah. Amen. We're continuing Amen. in uh, the series, the unlikely series. And this whole month, we have been learning from the Christmas story about how God uses unlikely people to manifest yeah. the greatest love story of all. Yes, Lord. He used so many unlikely people, and in order for him to do that, he had to manifest miracles. All right. And many people believe that miracles can happen at Christmas time. Well, miracles did happen. And we shared uh, some of the stories about John the Baptist's parents, Zechariah and Elizabeth, who was old. And God used them uh, to bring birth to John the Baptizer, 
I'm the forerunner of Christ. And he had to do that because the Old Testament said that the Messiah, that there would be one who would come before the Messiah who would be likened unto Elijah. Elijah. And um, so God is really dotting I's and crossing T's when he shares this story. And uh, he tells us about Mary and then John's birth. And um, we learned a little more about Joseph this week. Right. And uh, a little bit in Sunday school. And then mm -hmm. we continue to go down to today. Jesus, the unlikely Savior. Jesus, the unlikely Savior. We're going to read this morning in your hearing Luke chapter 2 verses 6 through 11. Would you please stand in reverence to the word of God? Stand symbolically saying that I will stand on the word of God yeah, in Jesus name. Let's read this together out loud. It's two slides on three. One, two, three. While they were there. Time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger, because there was no guest room available for them. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them. And they, they were terrified. terrified. But the, the angel, angel said, said to them, Do not be afraid. afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today, in the town of Bethlehem, they say to him, born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. Amen. You may be seated in the household of the Lord. We're going to talk on around three points as the Holy Spirit gives us utterance. We're going to talk about the time of the Savior. We're going to talk about the towel of the Savior. We're going to talk about the telling of the Savior. And we want Christians to know today that Christians should perpetually take the time to tell about the Savior. Yes, Lord. Let me say that again. Christians should perpetually, not just Christmas time, not just Easter, but we should perpetually take time to tell about the Savior. We're going to look at this brief video and then we'll get into the Word. You know the story. Mary gave birth to Jesus and laid him in a manger. Luke 2 7 tells us what happened. And she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling cloths and laid him in a manger because there was no place for them in the inn. It's the traditional story behind Christmas, and for many, it brings to mind a heartwarming scene. But if you think about it, a manger is not a normal place for a baby to be born. So why was Jesus born in a manger? Before we answer this question, we need to get something straight. The inn, where Joseph and Mary were going to stay, wasn't really an inn, like some kind of motel. It was a guest room in someone's house, maybe belonging to one of Joseph's relatives. Since he had to return to Bethlehem, his hometown, to register for a worldwide census. And when Joseph and Mary arrived in Bethlehem, after an exhausting 90-mile journey on foot, they were denied a room at the door of this house. 
it wasn't because there was no space for them in the room. It was because there was no opportunity given to them to get a room. Mary and Joseph were not wanted because Mary and Joseph were not yet married, but Mary was pregnant with Jesus. Disowned and humiliated, they were forced to spend their days with the filthy farm animals of the house. And that's when Mary gave birth to Jesus and laid him in a stone manger. A manger is a far cry from a baby's crib. It's an animal's feeding trough. And as adorable as Christmas makes that sound, there was nothing cute about it. It was gross and despicable. It would have been Mary's darkest hour, the worst moment of her life. This is the real ambiance of Christmas. Filth and shame. But as strange as it sounds, we find Mary not crying, but rather savoring this moment. Luke 2.19 says, But Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. She didn't try to forget this awful day. She actually wanted to remember it for the rest of her life, because she saw something we all need to see. Why was Jesus born into a filthy, shameful manger? He was born into this kind of suffering yeah. to one day end it. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. This morning we're talking about an unlikely Savior. An unlikely Savior. And we're going to look at it on the map once again. It's a video talked about. Um, Nazareth was up here in Galilee. We talked about Caesar Augustus' uh, census that required Joseph to go back to his hometown of Bethlehem. And the video said that it was 90 miles away. As we studied the life of Jesus and the disciples as they went from Galilee uh, down to Jerusalem, it was said that it took it would take four uh, four days for grown men to make this journey. Mm-hmm. So uh, a pregnant wife and Joseph would uh, start out in Nazareth, and as they always said uh, in history that the Jews uh, would not go through Samaria. And because of their prejudice and hatred, it was said, uh, because they were a half-breed people, um, they wouldn't go through Samaria, which was a straighter shot. They would go around here and cross the Jordan and come all the way down and cross back up around Jericho and come through uh, uh, come to Jerusalem and they would go on down or Joseph would go on down to Bethlehem and Bethlehem we have to remember is a real place Amen. as a matter of fact if you have been watching the news uh, it's a solemn place today as a matter of fact there is a church Um, that has Jesus not in the manger, but in the rubble. Uh, Because of what's going on there in the Gaza Strip, they said that 20,000 people have been killed um, by Israel. 
All because Hamas kidnapped a uh, hundred or so people. And we are and should be decrying the actions of both. Because two wrongs don't make a right. Uh, we as Christians uh, should be praying for peace in Jerusalem. Oh, yes. Amen. Um, and we're always concerned about that place called Jerusalem. Mm -hmm. And uh, as our Sunday school teacher talked about, many times we believe that uh, it's the end of the world when this kind of destruction is happening. Um, um, but we neither know or nobody knows That's right. <clears throat> um, the place nor, nor the time that Jesus will come back yeah. again. But we do know the time in our text today and the time in our text today is that the time came for the baby to be born. Right. Yes, sir. The time came uh, for the baby to be born and what they're uh, portraying out of protest, Jesus in the rubble was and no celebration, and by the way, usually there are thousands of people there around this time celebrating the Christmas season there in Bethlehem. And they think that, um, that they're teaching a lesson, but they're teaching a lesson they probably don't know that they're teaching because it was more like the time today in Bethlehem when Jesus was born. Hello, somebody. He wasn't born in the rubble, but he was born in the manger. Hello, somebody. Um, and, and, and he was uh, born and placed in, in what we would call a trough. Um, that place where you feed uh, old animals. Um, has anybody ever been on the farm uh, you know that that kind of place is not a good place to, to spend much time in it because it smells. Hello, somebody. Yeah. It's a very smelly place. Can you imagine being a young or a young girl being pregnant and, and, and having to be out there? But it was time. See, it's never most Christians like to wait for the right time to step out in faith. They like to wait for the right time to move them uh, for God. But if you allow the circumstances around you to determine whether or not it's time, uh, oh, then most of the time you won't do anything because it's never time, uh, oh, as far as the devil sees, for the program of God to go forth. But it was time. Oh, if it was me, oh, uh, uh, Jesus would have been born probably over there in Rome in the best hospitals. Uh, oh, but uh, they were in Bethlehem and it was time. And God is saying for somebody right now that's been waiting on the will of God and you've been looking for a sign. Uh, oh, guess what? That baby born, oh, by a virgin was what? Was a sign. 
sign. It was a sign that God's program will go forward in Jesus' name. You don't ever have to wait for the right time. You got to wait for the right God. And if you have the right God, and if he's leading you, regardless of what the circumstances look like, you got to step out in faith in time. Oh, if you don't believe me, ask our brother, oh, uh, Joshua. God said it was time for them to go and take over the land. Oh, but look at what's going on. Wait a minute, God, it's time. Don't you know that there are fortified cities in the land? It's time. Don't you know that Goliath's relatives are living in the land? And you're saying it's time? You're saying that we can have a land that uh, other people are living on in houses? That other people that are uh, being, well, surely, Lord, we have to wait till the houses go into foreclosure before we can go and take hello, somebody. Surely, Lord, we have to wait, oh, for the giants to die out before it's time. But you got to realize, oh, you don't have to have the right time. You just have to have the right God. Hello, somebody. If it would have been me, I would have said it's not time for Jesus to be born. Not in a measure, but God said it was time. And God is speaking to somebody today and letting you know what you've been holding out on God for or about that step of faith that he wants you to take. It's time. Hello, somebody. Uh, you're here. It's called a Kairos moment. It's time. And it was time. And guess what? Jesus was coming. Hello, somebody. And nobody could stop it. Hello, somebody. Jesus was coming. And the circumstance was not going to stop it. It was time. What time is it for you? As one of my favorite uh, R&B groups back in the day, the time. Hello, somebody. Just always ask, what time is it? Hello, somebody. And God is saying, it's time. Stop looking at the circumstances. Stop being intimidated by the situation. It's time for you to step out in faith in Jesus' name. All right, yes, yes sir. You want to take that for Christmas? I will. Hello, somebody. <laughs> Say, Merry Christmas. It's time. God says, I'll give you the world if you step out. It's time. Guess what Pastor Eton got this morning? God gave me the world. Hello, somebody. God says, I can give you the world. You think you've got to be a member of a 50,000 member church for God to move on your behalf. You think your pastor needs to be on television and have best-selling books. Oh, no. All you need is the right God. Hello, somebody. And he determines the right place. Hello, somebody. We gotta be like Jesus. I must work the works of Him that sent me. Uh, while it is day, it's time. It's time. While it is day, the night cometh when no man can work. It's time. Don't you know you're running out of time? Yeah. The devil is robbing you 
of God. He's robbing your calling because you think you have enough time. Hello, somebody. Looking at a funeral yesterday of a 96-year-old person. And the preacher, who was about 86, said 96 was young. <laughs> I, 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 I probably wouldn't have understood what he had to say when I was 19 or 20. But as a middle-aged man who knows that the average black man at one time lives 78 years. Hello, somebody. And I'm 56. Hello, somebody. Oh, it tells me what? I'm running out of time. Hello, somebody. It tells me that I must work the work of him that sent me while it is day, for the night is coming. Guess what? We won't live forever on this side. And we must be about our father's business. Are you about your father's business? Stop allowing the devil to rob you of time. Hello, somebody. Rob you of time. I can't waste time. It's time. In Jesus' name. Yeah. Not only the time, but, you know, you want to make the most of time, you got to come to terms with the towel. Yeah. It, it says that, and she gave birth to him, a son, and she wrapped him and caused and placed him in a manger. Some uh, Bible verses says swaddling clothes. Right. But theologians tell us that the kind of cloths that he was wrapped in were dead man clothes. Hello, somebody. Dead man cloths. Um, you, you, you know in history, you've seen how the Egyptians, into which the, uh, uh, the Israelites spent some time over there in Egypt, you, you know that uh, we know uh, and talk about the mummies. That's the swaddling. They said that, that Jesus was born and they used those same kind of cloth, oh, to swaddle him in. And guess what? He was born to die. Let me say that again. He was born to die. And had he forgot about, oh, what he was born to do, he would have never fulfilled God's promises on his life. God gave him the power over life and death, over devils and the grave. And when it came for time for him to die, oh, in the garden of Gethsemane, he wrestled with God. Oh, and he wrestled and said, Lord, I wish that I that would take this cup away, but what? Nevertheless, not my will, but thy will be done. Had he lost that battle. Yeah. None of us would be saved today. Mm. Had he forgot what he was swaddled in. And that's what happened to Christians. Uh, don't you know when you were, when you gave your life to Jesus Christ, uh, oh, the new birth that you have in him, you were washed white, or, or you were placed in swaddling clothes. Uh, you were placed in the swaddling clothes that meant that you no longer live for yourself. You died to yourself. You died to your own will and your own ways. Uh, oh, and God is the one who determines how you live your life. 
or on this side and the next because you've been all bought with that price and, and wrapped in swaddling clothes. It's no longer you that lives. People ask me, how did I get to Paul's Valley, Oklahoma? I got to Paul's Valley, Oklahoma because I was wrapped in swaddling clothes. I had to die to my own self. Die oh, to loving my own hometown. Die to loving my own home church. Die oh, so that God may live in me. Oh, and I keep those clothes on. And remember, it's not my will, but thy will be done in Jesus. Jesus name. Is there anybody here wrapped in swaddling clothes? Woo. Is there anybody here that's truly lost their life to Christ? See, if you watch wrapped in those kind of clothes, you also know how to take up the towel. To which John 13 talks about that towel. Can you imagine being the creator of the universe itself? And when a servant girl should have been washing our feet because our feet got dirty, because if you know that terrain is sandy kind of a land. If anybody know me, they know I just cannot stand for sand to be on my feet. As a matter of fact, I, I would have the audacity to go to the beach with socks on. Because <laughs> I just, I just, yeah, you'll be embarrassed. Yeah, you'll be embarrassed. <laughs> Me and a lot of old, old other brothers do that. <laughs> you'll be embarrassed. But I can't stand to have sand between my toes. Hello, somebody. They were there to have a meal, and their feet were dirty, and everybody else didn't want to take that towel. Hello, somebody. Everybody else didn't want to serve. Have you ever, I don't mean to meddle, but have you ever been to a family gathering, and everybody wants to just live it up, and nobody want to do the dishes, nobody want to take out the trash? Hello, somebody. They think that it's just going to automatically just disappear by osmosis. More people, more stuff like that got to be done. But they have been there. Oh, just living it up. In the muck, in the mire. Hello, somebody. Somebody got to take the time. That's what I used to do. I, I, I take out the trash at the family reunions. I, that's, I, I do because somebody got to do it. Everybody wants to be somebody but a servant of God. Ooh. Every Christian want to be on the VIP list, but don't you know the towel is the VIP list? Don't you know you need to take up the towel and do the practical things in the body of Christ that need to be done to accomplish his will for your life? It was very practical that, oh, we needed all. Jesus, even from birth, took the towel. Hello, somebody. And left us an example of what to do. It's our job to serve him. That's what Christmas is all about. That's
that's what your salvation is all about. He was called to come to church, and I've used this illustration many times. I've been back in the, I believe, in the 90s. Someone would have answered the phone and said, Save to serve. Yes, How may I help you? Save to serve. Don't you know you're saved to serve? Yes, sir. Hello, somebody. Amen. So it's time. And it's time for us to pick up the tile. Because we must work the work of him that sent us while it is day. For night comes when no one can rest. Jesus was an unlikely savior. Because all that God had to do to accomplish the will, he was an unlikely servant, but he was really more a likely servant because, like I said, God was crossing every I and T to prove that he was who he said he was. He was the Messiah. Right. And perhaps turmoil in the Middle East today is still because they rejected the Savior. They're still looking for a Messiah. They rejected the Savior. That's why that temple that they mourn over, the walls, the crumbling walls where they stick prayers in, has never been rebuilt because, oh, they rejected him. Right. Hello, son. Ever the people of God rejected him, it's always been turmoil. As a matter of fact, that land that they wouldn't walk through in Samaria was because there was a distant land that came and conquered them, and they had babies. But this Sunday, this Christmas, this holiday. It's all about telling of the Savior. All right. yes, sir. <laughs> Amen. The most powerful thing that we can do as Christians is to tell people about the Savior. And the most unlikely thing that we will do is tell people about the Savior. We talk about everything else. Mm. Hello, somebody. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Longhorn fans are talking about, hey, we got to the playoffs for the first time in umpteen years. Dallas Cowboys fans are talking about, oh, we got to go down to Miami and we got to beat them, boys. I hope we can do it. Other people are talking about, Oh, that was some bad banana pudding. <laughs> you know, everybody can't make banana pudding. <laughs> we talk about stuff that, 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 that are close to us that we can relate to. We talk about, oh, and a lot of times we just talk about gossip. Cardi B and... Uh, broke up with her boyfriend. I don't even know who her boyfriend was, but anyway. <laughs> Just talk about stuff. Oh, I know about Will and Jada. Uh, they done broke up. They say. 
That's all news. That's, that's how much I know. <laughs> but we talk about self, but we don't talk about the Savior. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believes in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. He is the Messiah. And if you want to be saved, you've got to give your life to Jesus Christ. That is the story that we need to tweet about. That is the story that we need to post. That is the story we need to put on Instagram and pray we get likes and loves of it. Hello, that is the story that we need to tell the whole world, the lost and dying world, in a world that seems like that there is no hope because of the wars in the Middle East and the wars in Russia. Oh, because of everything that global warming and everything else that are going on people are shooting in all oh, in the malls all of this stuff all of these shootings there's so many horrible things that are going on and God said I'm going to give you one message and the message literally means the gospel means what good news have you ever noticed how bad news travel quicker than good news oh yeah hello somebody bad news travel quick and I used to think before I, I started to work around adults, uh, adult men, I used to think men don't gossip. Boy, them boy, them bad boogers would gossip. <laughs> but nobody was telling about Jesus. Hello, somebody. Christmas for us really is every day. All right, amen. Tell about the Savior. Tell about the Savior. Yes, sir. It changed the world if we learn to perpetually take time to tell about the Savior. Yeah. Let me say that again. We could change the world. Mm-hmm. We could right. change our church. And parenthetically tell, as the young folk used to say, everybody. Mm-hmm. In other words, just don't just tell folk that look like you. All right. Let me say that again. Don't just tell folk who look like you. Don't you know when the people of God got filled with the Holy Spirit of God and began to speak in tongues or languages uh, that every, oh, every people group that were there heard about Jesus in their own language? Uh, A spirit-filled church is a multicultural church. Let me say that again. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, all right. saying that to a church that is historically mm-hmm. African American. Mm-hmm. All right. Mm-hmm. And I know the history. Mm-hmm. I know many times uh, the our churches was born out of not being accepted in the other church. Mm-hmm. And this was the only place that we could come and feel like somebody. And be somebody. <laughs> Hell, somebody. Mm-hmm. I know the role that the black church played in our community mm-hmm. for right. years. Oh, yeah. It's a marvelous history. Mm-hmm. But I also know what the Word of God says. Mm-hmm. Yes, sir. In the Bible, you will not see a black church, a white church. Mm-hmm. 
a Hispanic church, a Chinese church, a Latin church. Hello, somebody. Yeah, all right. That's right. See, right. The church! Yeah. Ooh, that's deep. The church. It's our job just to go and tell anybody who will listen. Yeah. Hello, somebody. Go tell anybody who will listen at Walmart. Go tell our Hispanic folk. Now you really mad. Because for some reason, brown and black many times don't get along. But let me tell you, America's going to have to deal with that. Mm-hmm. Hello, somebody. Right. Because the fastest growing population oh, yes. in America and in Paul's Valley, right. Oklahoma. Right. Woo! We better learn to speak Latino. <laughs> Hello, somebody. I'm ladyless. Uh, I, I need to learn something. I don't even know how to. I know more French than. Parlez-vous français? What's your pas français? Preacher, you better learn Spanish! Hello, somebody. <laughs> I was in. Uh, where were we at? Uh, one of them islands. Uh, what island was it? Uh, Punta Cana, I think it was Punta Cana. And you know, it was just a beautiful place, beautiful, lovely place, the most beautiful place I've ever been to. But one thing got on my nerve in Punta Cana. You say, what, what was it, preacher, that got on your nerve? Is they spoke Spanish unapologetically. They weren't trying to meet me on my level. <laughs> like, where is the bathroom? <laughs> the bathroom. Where is the bathroom? Got to go to the. <laughs> if you wanted to get anything done there, you better. You had to learn. Hello, somebody. And that's gonna be America in a few years. Woo-wee. But that's okay because the Spirit of God speaks to all people, groups, to all generations. It's just our job to go and tell. In Jesus' name, be open to God moving in ways that he's never moved before because this whole Christmas story is about how he moved like he never moved before. A virgin will give birth to a child. He would work in a way that he never worked before nor after. God says, I want to do some stuff in the life of Bethlehem that has never been done before uh, and may not never be done again. Are you open to the move of God? All right. If so, go out and tell everybody about Jesus. Yes, Hello, somebody. Mm. Tell his story. 
from Bethlehem. You know, I just love this text. I love Christmas because I pastor at Bethlehem. I told you at the beginning of the ser sermon that Bethlehem is a real place. And in Bethlehem today, there is no celebration. There's no thousands of people. Oh, they have Jesus in the rubble in Bethlehem today. But Bethlehem was similar to that all back then because they had to be in a manger. But God was doing something tremendous and something miraculous. Bethlehem, Ephrathah, who are small amongst the clan. I told you, all oh, that uh, American Christians uh, despise the small things. Uh, but God says, uh, I can work uh, amongst the small. I can work uh, amongst a few. Wherever two or three are gathered together in my name, that I am in the midst. Uh, and if that your theology is anything else, uh, you don't know the God that you serve. Oh, God can start in the small places with the small clans. And he says, out of Bethlehem, what? You will come forth to me, one of ruler over all Israel. God wants to use all that small place and call folk up out of the small place in Jesus' name. Don't despise or despise the day of small things, of small beginnings. Because God is at work. It said, one whom origins, who is of all. That's what Jesus was. He was God. His origin was of all. And his days were eternal. He was eternal before he was born of a virgin. He was eternal. He was God himself. Oh, when God said in the creation, let there be, it was Jesus who be. <laughs> Bad English, but good theology. And he came and he was born in Bethlehem, in a manger. Talking about small places in a manger. But from that event, most people would say, oh, well, they, that church there is, that church ain't. Silk stocking church, they just got three members. <laughs> they don't even have a temple. He hello, somebody. God use that situation that seems so sad on the outside. And it would change the world. Somebody's in a situation right now that seems so bad from the outside. But God is saying that I'm working and I'm moving in mighty ways in your life. Hold on to see what the end's going to be. I said, hold on to see what the end's going to be. I'm about to blow your mind. I'm about to do exceedingly abundantly above anything you ask, think, or can imagine. In Jesus' name. Yeah. In Jesus' name. Give God a hand clap of praise. I'm out of time. I'm out of time. All eyes closed, heads about Saints of praying. The reason why we say we open the doors of the church is because, hey, that's what we're supposed to do. That's what we're supposed to be about. 
And we can't let this opportunity pass us by because somebody may be here who do not know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. And I've said it many times throughout the sermon that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. And if you're here today and you don't ever remember giving your life to Jesus Christ, we want you to come forward and we want to lead you in what I call the saints prayer all you have to do is pray a simple prayer dear Lord Jesus I do believe that you were God's only son I believe that you died for my sins and was buried and raised again on the third day so that today I may be saved I give up my life and I wrap wrap my life in swaddling clothes oh and I give my will over to you it's not my will now it's thy will now take me to the places you want me to go enable me to do the things that you would have me to do for now I must work the work of him that sent me because it's day it's time in Jesus name is there one today who would give their life to Jesus Christ slip out of your seat right now and we will lead you in this prayer is there one today is there one is there one? I know I'm out of time, but can I just take a few brief more moments? Is there one today? I'm not asking you if you have church membership. I'm not asking you about your mother and your daddy. I'm not even asking, have you been baptized? I'm asking you, Have you given your life to Jesus Christ? If not, come down right now in Jesus' name. Is there one today? Oh, what a way to celebrate. Now, that would be a real gift. I got some great gifts today, but uh, that gift would be the greatest gift that we as a church can receive. Is there one today? Also, there are other decisions you can make today is how about being baptized? Maybe you have accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, but you haven't been baptized. Hey, we would love to lead you in the first step of obedience, which is baptism. If you can't obey the first step of obedience, then I would uh, challenge you as Paul challenged the church. You better check yourself to make sure you are in the faith. Somebody here today may need uh, a church home. You've been coming and God has been working through the life of the Bethlehem Baptist Church and you keep coming back, but you've never made a commitment all oh, to become a member of the body of Christ right here at the Bethlehem Baptist Church. You can come today right now as well. We would love to have you. There's plenty of room in the family. Some may need prayer. Jesus said that my house shall be called a house of prayer. Is there one today that said, preacher, I'm going through so much. I I just need you to pray for me. I know it's the holiday season and sadly this is the time when suicide is its highest. Depression. Some people are going into the holiday for the first time because they lost their mate, they lost their child, they lost someone that they love, and there's somebody coming to the holiday. It's 20 years later, and you're still looking for mama. You're still, and it's burning you down. 
We can pray for you today if you need prayer. Rededication. Say, I heard what you said. I, I've been, I thought I was a Christian, but I didn't have any swaddling clothes. I didn't have any dead man clothes. And today I want to put on the right clothes. I want to rededicate my life to Jesus Christ. Is there one? Accept the call to preach. I said that we're running out of time. There's going to come a time when we can't preach no more. All right. And God has called you to preach and you just has resisted him. Any service in the household of the Lord that you are resisting, it's time for you to do it because we must work the work of him who sent us while it is day. The night comes when no one can work. Hey man, and praise the Lord, you can make these decisions after the service. Come to me and let me know. Would you please stand as we enter into... Oh, I just love my Savior's birth. We're going to celebrate that tomorrow. I'm so excited. I was so excited to come today. I said, Lord, at, at about 4 o'clock, I said, Lord, I can't be this excited because I won't go back to sleep. Let's be excited about Jesus and go and tell. Yes, go and tell. Shall we pray? Father God, we thank you, we praise you, we glorify your holy name. You're truly worthy to be praised. We thank you, Lord, for Jesus. We thank you, Lord, for soul salvation. We thank you, Lord, for answered prayer. And we pray, Lord, as we leave today, put us a fire. Fill us by the power of your Holy Spirit that we may speak to others about Jesus Christ. That others may be saved and celebrate our soul's salvation. Put your hedge of protection around us. Keep us safe from our harm and danger until we meet again. And the people of God said, Your neighbors and neighbor, Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. And oh yeah, get your bags. Get your bags. Get your bag. These little bags remind me of my grandmother's house. We all had a little bag that grandmama would give us. So I want you to get your bag. Amen. Get your bag. Don't leave without your bag. Amen. Don't leave without your bag. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Sister Tony, for your service in the household of the Lord. Soldier. Serge, soldier and all. In Jesus' name. Amen. Yes, man. I know your mind is at peace and rest, right? Yeah. <laughs> 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 
You know, the way I look at it is, I trust God, but man, them doctors. Amen. Amen. Miracle walking around here. Praise the Lord. Lord. For your Oh, 
Because she's a Well, well, I was bored. 